0: Tomorrow is the first Sunday in Lent and once again we are thinking about praying, fasting and giving alms. We should be praying all year round. Prayer should be part of our daily routine, a part of our DNA. Giving money to charity also should be something that we should do on a regular basis. Most of us are well fed and well taken care of, but that is not the case with most people around the world there's a lot of hunger out there and not just in the third world there are hungry people right here in our North American cities and there are many reasons why they are hungry during Lent I am forced to see how I am responsible for other people's hunger that's why I see a direct connection between fasting and almsgiving see you can fast for many reasons for your health to lose weight But we fast to empty ourselves, to remind ourselves that we are not complete without God. But fasting also reminds us that there are other people who are hungry all the time. And true fasting would save me money, right? So can I save on food and take the money that I've saved and give it to the poor? That's a direct effect of our fasting that helps those who are hungry. And so this Lent let me encourage you to fast from excess. Fast from those things that you do not need, those extra things. But keep track of the money that you save. Then, at the end of the six weeks, take that money and give it to your charity of choice. So that's fasting and almsgiving. But don't forget the prayer part. It is a prayerful attitude while we do all of this that will truly bear good fruit. I'm Pedro Guevara Man and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Mann. Today we're joined by Mark Matthews. He's our Hollywood undercover missionary. He has some Lenten tips for us. Not sure what the connection with Hollywood is, but we'll find out. And Sheridan will be joining us for the Diocesan Update, as well as Andrew Santos, who will be here with our Saint of the Week. And that's all in about 20 minutes. Um, and Chris, Chris Matrenko is sitting here with me. So what's in our
1: headlines today, Chris? Well, we're going to be talking about the consistory for new cardinals that happened last weekend. Huge event yes. of international significance. And also, uh, a part of that consistory was the naming of some new saints. They're going to be canonized on October 21st, and two of them are from North America.
0: Excellent. So we'll get all those details very, Mm -hmm. very soon. Now, Chris, do you know or have you heard what the longest-running magazine in Canada is?
1: No, I don't. It's not a
0: secular magazine. It's the Messenger of the Sacred Heart. Really? Yes. It's been publishing since n- 1891. And under the current editor, they've just published their 500th issue. The current editor is Father Frederick Power, Jesuit priest, and he's going to be our guest in our second half hour. Um, wow. So it'll be fun to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, our featured artist of the week is uh, Dennis Grady, again. He's been in ministry for about 20 years. Um, so here he is with his song, My Surprise.
2: Surprise. Surprise.
0: That was Dennis Grady with My Surprise from his album, Grace in the Strangest Places. Now, if you're looking for a way to introduce the topic of sex and relationships with your teen, authors Brett Salkeld and Leah Perot have a new book titled How How Far Can You Go, available now through Amazon.com. And Chris, um, so big event in the Vatican last week.
1: Yes, it was the consistory for the creation of new cardinals. And really the events began on the Friday. And there was a day of reflection and prayer for all the new cardinals. And really the star of the day was an American cardinal, Uh, Archbishop Timothy Dole, not yet a cardinal. It was the day before, and he was invited to give a reflection on the new evangelization. So he took center stage and really did so throughout the weekend. He was in a lot of media. Now, the consistory events technically begin on the Saturday with what is called the public consistory, the ordinary public consistory, which is basically a gathering of cardinals with the Pope and consistory comes from consistere meaning to stand together and uh now it's not something that is really like a formal liturgy per se but here's what happens at the consistory um the cardinals enter uh just wearing the um basically bareheaded and then they they go forward to the pope and they receive uh, their zucchetto and their beretta the zucchetto is is like the skull cap mm-hmm. and the beretta is the the pointy red
0: hat. It looks like a square.
1: That's right, that's right. And then they're given their ring, uh, their cardinal's ring, and then a a bull, a papal bull document consigning a titular church, meaning uh, they're basically they become ceremonially a pastor of a church in Rome, and that connects them to the Bishop of Rome, Mm -hmm. who is of course the Pope. So technically all these cardinals are Roman Uh, diocesan clergy. Yes. Uh, and so they all re- received this, and our total numbers now for cardinals are 213. Now, mind you, not all of them can vote in a conclave. In fact, not even all of the new cardinals can vote in a conclave. There were 22 new cardinals, and only 18 of them were under the age of 80 when you can actually vote in a conclave. Right. The other four um, were basically being given the, the honor to uh, reward them for their yeah. service to the church. And three of those cardinals were North American, as I mentioned, Cardinal Dolan, also Cardinal Edwin O'Brien, who heads the equestrian order of the Knights and Ladies of the Holy Sepulchre of Jerusalem, which is uh, charged with helping Christians in the Holy Land. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, for us, very, very special Cardinal Thomas Collins, the Archbishop of Toronto. So as of right now, we actually have 125 cardinals who can vote in a conclave, which is five more than the limit. Really? The limit is actually 120 imposed by uh, Pope Paul VI in 1973. But periodically, um, John Paul II did this as well, the numbers have gone above 120 voting age cardinals with uh, with the knowledge that in the next several months, several cardinals will be going over the age of 80 and so that number will dip down again. I'm not sure what happens if there's a conclave when you've got more than 120. But um, um, thankfully, Pope Benedict seemed in very yes. good health throughout the weekend. So I don't think there's any concern at all about that happening. Now, as I mentioned, another event took place at this consistory. And that was the um, the approval of candidates for sainthood. So there were um, eight blessed who um, basically they needed this final approval of the consistory, the cardinals together with the Pope Amen. and of course they received the approval and a date was set for their canonization which is October 21st of this year and this coincides with a big event in the life of the church which is the Synod of Bishops for the new evangelization and two of those Saints um, have North American connections one of them is Blessed Ann Cope uh, who uh, my understanding has worked with Father Damien of Malachi now St. Yes. Damien and uh, and she uh, lived at at uh, she was originally from Germany, but uh, she lived in uh, the United States in New York State. Um, also, uh, another North American who has connections to uh, Upper New York State, Kateri Tekakwitha, and uh, and so she's got a connection both to the United States and to Canada because she was born. Uh, in the United States, uh, what is now the United States, it didn't exist back then. Uh, but she died in what is now Kenawake mm-hmm. in Quebec. So mm-hmm. both the United States and Canada, we both kind of stake a claim uh, on her. But of course, she really belongs to the, to the, the universal people,
0: p- and she belongs to the native yeah. people,
1: to the native people, but to the, to the universal church, to the universal, to the world, yes. you know, and beyond the world. And uh, and it was a, as I said, a really really big event for Canada and. And we're really happy to see that the Canadian government had a large representation, our Minister of Finance, mm. uh, Jim Flaherty, a number of other MPs. And so really for our country, this was a very huge event. I mean, there's a lot more Cardinals in the United States than Canada. In Canada, we now have just three. Mm-hmm. Which is
0: what we've had, I think, since we've started having Cardinals, no? I,
1: uh, I believe so. I mean, traditionally, traditionally, Toronto, Montreal, Toronto, and, Quebec Montreal and Quebec City. And Quebec City um, those archbishops to yeah. become cardinals.
0: Okay, very good. Lots of uh, interesting uh, educational material here today with Krista Matrenko, our Salt and Light Radio news producer. If you'd like to comment on anything that you hear on this program, if you'd like to comment on the this consistory that just took place, we'd love to hear you. Send us an email, radio at org. I'm Jillian Cantor,
3: and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio.
0: I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Our website is Saltonlighttv.org/radio, and if you're looking for some Lenten fasting tips, our Hollywood undercover missionary Mark Matthews will be here shortly to give us some, but before that, Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Pedro,
4: Pedro, another week. Yes, How's it going?
0: It's going well. It's going well. Who's our saint
4: this week? I'm not going to get to that, but let me begin with a short little story. Okay. This saint, or let me say these two saints... Okay. Um, ...wrap around this particular story. When my father, in his affection for me, was trying to turn me from my purpose by arguments and thus weakening my faith, I said to him, Do you see this vessel, water pot, or whatever it may be? Can it be called by any other name than what it is? No, he replied. So also, I cannot call myself by any other name than what I am, a Christian. Uh, Who wrote that? None other than St. Perpetua. So our uh, two saints we're going to look at today are St. Perpetua and And St. Felicity. Felicity, Yes. We know them to be young, beautiful, uh, well-educated women. Uh Now, St. Perpetua was... The mother of an infant son uh-huh. and the chronicler the, the person who told the story of the persecution of the christians right. by emperor severus right despite threats of being persecuted and death perpetua and felicity felicity was a slave woman and at the same time she was an expectant mother uh-huh. the two of them and three of their friends their closest uh, um workers refused to renounce their christian faith they they stood strong in what they believed in. Now, for their unwillingness, they were sent to a theater where Perpetua and Felicity were beheaded and the others were killed by beasts. Right. Looking deeper, we know that Perpetua's mother was a Christian and her father was a pagan. Her father actually pleaded with her to deny her faith and being strong-willed as Perpetua was, Pedro, she... Refused and was imprisoned was sent to prison at the age of 22 mm. in her diary We know that perpetua describes that Incredible period of captivity She writes what a day of horror Terrible heat owing to the crowds rough treatment by the soldiers Now felicity gave birth to a girl just a few days before the games were to commence, the games mm-hmm. that happened in and the theater when she was beheaded. Yeah. 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 Now looking at Perpetua, her record of her trial and imprisonment ended the day before her beheading. That was the last correspondent w- correspondence we know right. of what happened. It's important to know, Pedro, that persecution for religious beliefs I- was not confined to Christians in ancient times back then, uh, centuries ago. Let's look at the example of Anne Frank, We know of Anne Frank, the Jewish girl, uh, she was forced into hiding um, based on everything that was going on during the time of Hitler Mm -hmm. and Frank, like Perpetua and Felicity, they had hardship and suffering. And Mm -hmm. let's take a look quickly at what uh, Anne Frank wrote in her diary in comparison to what uh, Perpetua wrote. It's twice as hard for us young ones to hold our ground and maintain our opinions in a time when all ideals are being shattered and destroyed when people are showing their worst side and do not know whether to believe in truth and right and God so mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 fascinating the story behind Perpetual and felicity and what they had to go th- through back then to yeah. keep their Christian roots alive and you know in comparison to you know say someone as recent as Anne Frank yeah so um, I'll leave you with a quote from St. Per- uh, Perpetua. It shall happen as God shall choose, for assuredly we depend not on our own power, but on the power of God. Finally, her feast day is celebrated in the Universal Church on Wednesday, March the 7th.
0: Okay, so next Wednesday, March 7th, is the feast day of Saints Perpetua and Felicity. They were both martyred, as you described it. It's a... It's a I mean, it's an inspiring story, but uh, I just, when I think of how these people were, Mm -hmm. you know, mauled by beasts in front of, you know, uh, an auditorium full of people. No, it's not a fun story. No, it's not nice. Um, And and thanks for the comparison with Anne Frank. I mean, Anne Frank was, what, 14 when she wrote that? So that's, Mm -hmm. again, very inspiring. Thank you very much. Andrew Santos, our saint expert, in about five minutes, details on the 40 Days for Life campaign. So stay tuned.
3: Hey, this is Andrew Peloso with Effects of Grace. And you're listening to Salt and Light Radio.
0: I'm Pedro Guevara-Man. Coming up is Sheridan with her diocesan update. But first... What's good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Mark, it's, it's been a while. It has
3: been a while, Pedro. Like I, I missed you.
0: spoken to you since, like, November or something.
3: I, it's, it's been a long time. It feels like far too long. Yeah, so. and
0: now we're in Lent. So uh, I, I, I hear that you have some good Lenten tips for us.
3: I do. It's the beginning of Lent, and I thought, what a better thing to talk about than fasting. But <laughs> a particular kind of fasting that is a little bit kind of appropriate for our day and age, and that is taking a fast from media. Okay. So uh, th- this, is, this could potentially could put me out of a job, so I am I'm endangering my job here by saying this. You're you know? endangering
0: all our jobs.
3: <laughs> That's right. We're all in media.
0: <laughs> yeah.
5: So.
3: Um, but, uh, but basically the idea is, is uh, to set, I, I think it's very appropriate, but set a limit, watch only good media, you will achieve greater self-control and self-awareness, but most importantly, this has the potential to transform Hollywood and therefore the world. Okay. So, let me step you through my guidelines for taking a good, productive uh, media fast. Yeah. So, first one is give up all pirated media. Um, basically, if you haven't paid for it, you don't own it. Um, and I would say that you know this is immoral, and you know ultimately nothing good can come from sin. Um, and most uh, importantly, is that. Anything that's pirated has no influence over what's made in Hollywood. Uh, the executives only look at what is paying media. What kind of paying media are people watching? So, and there's really no excuse. You can use things like Netflix.com or Blockbuster, um, Hulu or iTunes. You know, they have uh, DVD by mail services. They have streaming services. Um, and actually, I think a number of these are available in Canada. I know. Yeah, Netflix, they are.
0: Netflix is here now. Yeah, iTunes, as iTunes well too, I Yeah, believe. I'm not yeah. sure about Hulu or Blockbuster. No, but well, I'm just going to have to go check. So that's good. So give up all pirated media. Good.
3: Give up all pirated media. That's the first step. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number two is I would say is set a limit on how much you're going to watch. So personally, I find it easier to just go cold turkey. Like you know, if I'm fasting, you know, it's just easier for me to not eat anything. But if I have that one piece of bread, it oh, right, it makes it so much harder. Yeah. Um, so, if you want to increase the challenge, say, you know what, I'm going to let myself only watch say three hours of TV a week or something like that. Right. Uh, or you know maybe only TV on Thursday evenings or something.
0: So, yes. Yes.
3: And the the point is here is that uh, what you really want to avoid is you want to avoid uh, mindless channel surfing because uh-huh. uh, it's. If all you're doing is just channel surfing, you have to, at some point you have to ask, you know, am I doing this just to avoid feeling lonely? Do I just want to hear human voices in my home?
5: Um,
0: <laughs> yes. Tune in to Salt and Light Radio instead.
3: <laughs> exactly. Good Christian human voices. Yes. So, um, But what this is going to cause you to do is if you only give yourself a certain amount of time, um, you're going to have to consult uh, reviews. You're going to have to find out, well, I've only got three hours to watch TV I want to make sure I watch really good stuff. So, um, there are lots of great places that you can look for good reviews of media. Right. Um, you can start with, uh, say, secular uh, reviews, and you'll be light years ahead. Um, look at Rotten Tomatoes.com or Metacritic, uh, and these are meta analysis websites, and they, they basically average reviews. Um, and people in Hollywood pay a lot of attention to, uh, to uh, Rotten Tomatoes, actually. Yeah. Um, or look at, say, the list of winning picture films from the Oscars or uh, the all-time adjusted, uh, or all-time highest grossing uh, pictures uh, from Box Office Mojo. So right. I've got all sorts of links. I'll post this on the Salt and Light blog afterwards. So you yeah. can look them up afterwards. Um, there are great Christian reviews. Um, the Vatican has a list of films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Focus on the family has something pl- called Plugged In so yes, lots great. of great places you can look
0: right yeah and we'll put all these like you said on the blog so it's people can find them great
3: so then uh, the last thing to remember is that if you know if you're creating a void in your life you know you have to fill it up with something good so if you were spending a lot of time watching TV you know you might have to say take up a new hobby you might have to start exercising you know or maybe just hey socialize or play with your kids or something like that
5: <laughs> yeah
0: I know eh
3: <laughs> yes. Heaven forbid, real human yeah. contact.
0: Play with your kids.
3: Yeah, it's great. So, And and the result of this, the result of, of any fasting, is that you will have uh, greater self-control, um, and you'll have more awareness of the media's influence over you. You'll, you'll see how advertising affects you, you'll have more realization about your own habits. Um, but more importantly, um, if you're watching, say, films like the Vatican's, suggested list of films, you will be influenced by great art, and you will become a better person. Um, and most importantly, I would say, is that if you are making good media watching choices, and if we all were, um, is you will be influencing Hollywood, and therefore the world. Um, the execs pay a lot of attention to what people are paying to watch, and basically when you watch something, you're saying, please, make more of this.
0: Yes. Good. Okay, good. So thank you very much. These are uh, Mark Matthews' five Lenten media fast tips coming soon to a Salt and Light blog near you. Um, Thank you, Pedro. Thank you very much. Very useful. Um, that's, uh, That's Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary, and he joined us as always on the phone from his
1: home in L.A. Hi, I'm Chris Dimitrenko, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. You can
0: podcast our show at saltandlighttv.org slash radio or off iTunes. And did you know that there is an easy way to teach teens about sex and dating in the Catholic Church? Check out Leah Perot and Brett Salkeld's new book, How Far Can We Go? available through Amazon.com. And here now is Sheridan with our diocesan update.
6: Hello, hello. So 40 Days for Life has kicked off in about 258 locations around the world. And there are cities in Spain, Poland, Ireland, Australia, England, uh, Canada, and the US. Yes. So there's just lots of cities participating this year. And uh, 40 Days for Life runs from February the 22nd through to April 1st this year. And if you're not already familiar with the campaign, it consists of 40 days of prayer and fasting, 40 days of peaceful vigil, and 40 days of community outreach. And that's a very concentrated, uh, focused pro-life campaign. Yes. And here are some motivating facts for you. So far, 40 Days of Life, 40 Days for Life, has mobilized over 500,000 people worldwide, saved more than 5,000 lives from abortion, inspired the conversion of 61 abortion workers, and seen 19 abortion facilities close. I think that's amazing. It is
0: amazing, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing campaign and, and I'm amazed at how every time we talk about it, there are more cities yeah. and more people. It's just really growing and all we're doing is
6: just standing
0: in p- vigil and praying yeah. and fasting.
6: It's, it's amazing, the power of prayer. Yes. And, um, and this year the cities that are participating here at home in Canada are uh, starting out in Alberta. We have Calgary, Edmonton and Red Deer. And then in British Columbia, Terrace Vancouver and Victoria, Ontario we have Guelph, Oakville and Toronto, and then in Quebec Montreal.
5: Great. So
6: for more information to get uh, to find out you know how you can get involved, visit 40daysforlife.com. So that's 40 daysforlife.com.
0: Excellent. So that's great. So if you're in any of those cities in Canada, just uh, g- join in. All you have to do is show up and if you yeah. can't go or if it's not near near you, just Pray Mm, at home,
6: and also you know check out their website. There's amazing videos they've got posted from all different sites around the world, and it gives you updates on you know what's happened in in different places, and and just it's really really motivating, truly inspiring work that they're doing. No, it's good. I get the
0: daily update. I get uh, daily updates. Every day there's an update, so it's it's really motivating and encouraging. Yeah. It's good work.
6: Yes. <laughs> and so in preparation for the upcoming International Eucharistic Congress in Dublin, Ireland, and that's going to be happening from June 10th to the 17th. Wow. The Arch- Yeah, it's coming up. The Archdiocese of Edmonton's offices of liturgy and catechesis are promoting an event at the Newman Theological College. And it's a six-part series mm-hmm. um, on catechesis, um, specifically focused on the Mass. And that started in January, and it'll continue through to June. But the next installment is a third part in the series, and that will be held on March 14th, Wednesday evening, from 7 to 9 p.m., and that's in just over two weeks' time. So the third session is called The Mass, Real Presence, and the presenter is Father Stephen Hero. And that's again at St. Francis Room Newman Theological College. And if you're not able to be there in person, you can also watch this uh, presentation via webcast uh, from the Archdiocese of Edmonton's website, oh which great. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, great. Yeah, so that's c a e d m dot c a. And then uh, if you want to watch the webcast, just go slash webcast. So that's c a e d m dot c a slash webcast.
0: Great. So. Yeah, Great, yeah.
6: And, uh, and the cost is free, so it's even, even better. better. So to register, just visit the website or uh, call Danielle at 780-469-1010. And I'd also just like to encourage everyone to check out their local, you know, check out your local diocesan website. There's so many resources there for you. Uh, find out what's going on in your community and because um, they just Every time I go through all these listings, I'm like, wow, I want to go to this. I want to go to that. It's amazing stuff. Yeah, there's lots going on. And there's just so many opportunities to make friends and to grow in holiness. And uh, another website I'd encourage you to check out is the one for the International Eucharistic Congress. You know, go there, find out what's going on, because this congress only happens once every four years. And if you can, try to make the pilgrimage there, because... It's such a wonderful opportunity to be revived in your faith and experience the Universal Church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we'll be there. Salt and Light will be there bringing you updates from Dublin. But it would be even better to have you there in, in person. person. Yes. So definitely, you know, if you can, try to come. It's uh, The website is IEC2012.ie.
0: Excellent. Yeah, IEC2012.ie. Or just go into your browser and type in... International Eucharistic Congress Congress in Dublin. Anyway, great. Thank you very much, Sheridan. Coming up in our second half hour, the longest running magazine in Canada. And Dennis Grady tells us how to be part of a ministry to the Caribbean. So stay tuned.
4: Do you have kids coming of age? Wondering how you're going to talk to them about the uncomfortable and awkward topic of teen relationships? A new book, How Far Can We Go?, by authors Leah Perot and Brett Salkeld is a clear, concise, and fun guide on sex and dating for Catholics. This short book is a must-read for anyone who has to deal with these questions from young people. Look for it at your local bookstores or order it online at Amazon.com. Hello
0: and welcome to Salt and Light Radio Part 2. I'm Pedro Guevara Mann. In 1966, a Jesuit priest, Father Frederick Power, was assigned to be the editor of a Catholic magazine titled The Messenger of the Sacred Heart. He was 42 years old at the time and had no idea that 46 years later he'd still be running what today has become the longest-running magazine in Canada, The Messenger of the Sacred Heart, just published their 500th issue with Father Power as the editor. And I'm very happy to say that Father Power joins me now on the phone. Father Power, welcome to Salt and Light Radio.
7: Thank you, Pedro.
0: So tell us a little bit. I'm curious to, to talk to you about your your life, but tell us a little bit about The Messenger of the Sacred Heart. It, it's a specialized magazine. Uh, how, how, what's, what's sort it, of the mandate? It's the
7: official magazine of the worldwide spiritual association called the Apostleship of Prayer,
0: right, which
7: is the largest spiritual organization in the Church at present, numbering around 50 million members who every day offer their prayers, works, joys, and sufferings to the Sacred Heart.
0: Right, right. And the, I know them because they're the ones who who uh, also pray for the Holy Father's intentions, and they publish That's
7: their... right. They, they, they publish every month commentaries and promotion of the Holy Father's personal prayer intentions, uh, which is are two intentions. One is a general intention for the world needs and Catholic needs, and the second one is a mission intention about the missionary uh, ventures in the Church.
0: But even though the the apostleship of of sorry the apostleship of prayer, they're worldwide. But this magazine is a Canadian. This
7: is the Canadian Messenger of the Sacred Heart, and it's for Canada. And since 1968, it has also been for the United States, oh. replacing the former American Messenger of the Sacred Heart, which ceased to exist. In December nineteen
0: sixty-seven. So you're the editor. You've been the editor since nineteen sixty-six, essentially for then for both countries. Well,
7: both countries since sixty-eight, since they, since we took over the United States area in two years after I became editor.
0: Now, but you became editor in nineteen sixty-six. The magazine had already existed for quite a quite a while.
7: Well, since it existed since uh, January eighteen ninety-one.
0: <laughs> so since eighteen ninety-one. They've been publishing a magazine. Um, to uh, is the mandate of the magazine. I mean, clearly, it's not just to encourage, you know, prayer or to inform no, the members of. No,
7: it's as I we define it today is to help the people with their daily Christian living, and in the context of the love of Christ, which is. Symbolized by the Heart of Christ, the Sacred Heart.
0: So, can you give me an example of what types of articles or what sort of topics you? Well, would...
7: we have articles on marriage and, and on on living and and uh, problems in living today, of faith and and uh, belief in the Eucharist and in uh, devotion to very, of uh, especially Sacred Heart devotion and immaculate Heart of Mary devotion, and. Uh, uh, social issues of that come from the Pope's intentions,
0: right? So, so there's a little bit of of of, of a little bit of everything there for everyone.
7: That's right. Uh, there was a bishop who who uh, wrote an, a letter for us when we celebrated our hundredth anniversary. Uh-huh. He's now deceased, and and he he defined it: the messenger speaks to people in a language they can understand about matters which are relevant to their lives. Against a background of faith and devotion,
0: right? Okay. So
7: that kind of sums it up.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. And now you, you, you were telling me earlier that you publish eleven issues a year.
7: That's right. It would change to eleven issues a year about two or three years before I became editor, because of the cost of printing. Right. So we published July August is one issue,
0: and it's not a little magazine either. It's like thirty two pages. It's
7: thirty two pages. Yes.
0: So. But, but you don't have any advertising, and you're not subsidized by anyone. Who funds all this?
7: The subscribers. Okay. And then we uh, we're, we keep our costs as low as possible, but then also we depend on people's donations.
5: Okay. And some
7: people leave us bequests, which help a great deal. But basically, uh, subscriptions... Plus uh, donations.
0: And about how many subscribers do you have? Well,
7: we don't talk about subscribers because okay. that doesn't give a very good idea. We like to talk about readers. And we estimate, uh-huh. with with good reason, about 35,000 to 40,000 readers per issue.
0: Wow. So, well, you would know because they, they have to subscribe.
7: They subscribe, yes. And the renewal rate is very high.
0: So... You've been, you've been at this. I just think it's phenomenal. You've been at this for forty six years. That's right. Um, you don't seem to be having any financial problems.
7: Well, we did it for over a number of years, but when I first took over, I bought a little statue of Saint Joseph, oh. and I established that in the office, and we've had it ever since, and our we've been able to finance the uh, the magazine ever since too. Thanks to St. Joseph.
0: Thank you to St. Joseph. Do you have a a a a large staff or we have two
7: two workers
0: so, including yourself.
7: Yeah, that's right.
0: And so who who would be your uh your columnists or your writers is that
7: Well, they most of them are free ra- freelance writers. Okay. But we have we have about three or four regular ones contributing a month. Like we have we have someone writing the mission intention explanation what the Pope puts down for the mission intention, we have some, a Jesuit, Canadian Jesuit in Nepal who writes, now is writing a commentary on the mission intention. Right. And we have others who write a different column. We have a youth column, oh. and now a monthly youth column written by a, a freelance writer here in, near Toronto. Right. But most of the articles come in uh, non-solicited, from uh, f- from freelance writers.
0: Oh really so they're not solicited?
7: No, well, no. There there are very few that are solicited I and mean, they are the ones we use each month. Right. But most of them are unsolicited. They're just freelance submissions.
0: Okay, now, now you, you've you've been at the helm of this for 46 years, but I mean, it's been 121 years of this magazine running. That's right. What, other than Saint Joseph, what would you say is the secret secret to the magazine's endurance?
7: Well, I think it's the uh, what the bishop, the late bishop, said. It's the it's the, it speaks to people yeah. in a language they can understand.
5: And, right. it's, and
7: also, it, 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 as we say, we we publish articles that help people with their daily Christian living. Yeah, and so it's positive. It's not critical of of the uh, bishops or the Pope or the Magisterium. It's positive. It's helpful.
0: Yeah, so And you're that's not...
7: what people need today. Their their re- their faith is reinforced by what they read in our magazine.
0: Yeah, that sounds. It's
7: always positive
0: sounds very useful um in the in the in the 46 that you've been 46 years that you've been there are there any memorable issues or any memorable moments that you did well, that well you...
7: i would say our 100th anniversary in 1991 which which was very memorable yes. well, for a whole year we published uh, summaries uh, in my editor's newsletter summaries of of 10 years we took 10 years and i summarized the highlights of the 10 years wow so, but also some of our writers are very skilled. For for example, we've had four of our four of our regular writers have had their articles published in those uh, chicken soup for the soul books,
0: oh, which are f-
7: very very popular.
0: Yes, they are. And
7: those articles in the chicken soup books eventually are are taken from a pool of about two thousand manuscripts. Right. And so one of our ladies has appeared in six of those books.
0: Excellent. So you have excellent writers. That's what you're saying. That's
7: right. They're excellent writers, and uh, what we write is all positive and helpful.
0: Do you write for the magazine yourself? Pardon? Do you write for the magazine as well? Oh, I,
7: oh, I write an editor's newsletter each month, and then sometimes a few other things, like sometimes their commentary on the Pope's general intention.
0: Right. Now, Sorry, go ahead.
7: And those are the main things that I write.
0: Right. Now, Father, if I can if I can be bold to say you're going to be 88 in March.
7: That's right.
0: Um, any plans for retirement, or are you going to hang on there?
7: <laughs> well, as, as, as the article in the Catholic Register said, um, uh, I, I, I joke with people that I have been handed a life sentence. In <laughs> 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 other words, I'm well, I work every day, and I, I'm, ne- I'm never sick.
0: Well, it sounds so like... I,
7: I keep doing it, and there are some young men coming along who are interested in writing, which I ha- I have hopes that they will take my place.
0: Well, it sounds that whatever you're doing, it's not just helping people, feeding people, but it's also keeping you healthy.
7: That's right, and we're blessed by the promises of the Sacred Heart
0: to Absolutely. take care
7: of, of any ventures that... Are under his
0: care. Absolutely. Well, congratulations, Father Power. Um, (laughs) Keep doing what you're doing for another 46 years.
7: Well, (laughs) that's a life sentence indeed. (laughs) Thanks, Pedro. Not a problem. Right.
0: Father Frederick Power is a Jesuit priest. He's also the editor of the Messenger, the Canadian Messenger of the Sacred Heart. It's the longest running magazine in Canada, and they just published their 500th issue with Father Power as editor. You can find out more about the magazine at sacredheartcanada.com. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Dennis Grady, with his song, Eyes of Love.
2: Oh, the longing In this heart Your healing touch, then in the silence of your
0: That was Dennis Grady with Eyes of Love from his album Running Too Long. There aren't a lot of Catholic singer-songwriters in Canada who have been doing ministry as long as Dennis Grady. A few years ago, I spoke to Dennis about the newest project of his Franciscan and Friends mission, a project that has now been going on for six years. Here is a rebroadcast of that conversation. Hello, Dennis. Hey, Pedro, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for uh, for joining us on Salt and Light Radio today. Dennis, every time I think of you, and don't take this the wrong i it's not meant in the wrong way, but you've been in ministry for 20 years, about 12 of those years, full-time ministry, and it just boggles my mind that, first of all, that that's even possible, not because it's you, but just for anybody, and especially in Canada, that you can make a living for 12 years from doing Mostly music ministry, but ministry. How how does that work?
8: You'll have to ask God. <laughs> uh,
0: Good answer. I, I have,
8: I you know, I, I have a few ideas. I think one is you definitely have to get into a faith zone of providence uh, because uh, it's definitely not for the money because it's it's often hit and miss. But I I, I think you if if the Lord refines your passion for it, then you do it anyways because you you see value in it and. Uh, you know, you adjust your lifestyle in, in terms of um, you know money, um, and it's 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 a nice Christian shift. I mean, it sort of also helps since I've become a secular Franciscan, and, and right. there's uh, a great example in terms of detaching. Although I'm <laughs> yeah. still working on that, but you know, I'll, you, you know, do what You love and the money will follow. Is a book that I read
0: right nine no. or ten
8: years ago, and there's this certain thing of you know, I had a secure job with a pension, and you know, I I was bored out of my tree because I don't think I was following the vocation that God had laid out for me. And
0: yeah. And now you're, uh, don't have a pension, but you're not bored.
8: Well, they <laughs> say the uh, the benefits of uh, Catholic music are out of this world. Out so. of this world.
0: <laughs> yeah. that's who we'll but
8: I, 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 it's, You know, it's an interesting sense of security because it's just, that's where the lives of the saints it can become, uh, you know, really tangible because you want to know if you're walking this path, you know, is it going to be okay? And, and it's, you've got responsibilities i have a wife and uh you know three married children yeah so there's obligations but somehow and it's also from paul who had a tent making gig to kind of sustain himself
0: yeah
8: i'm always haunted in the scriptures where it says we've been given the gospel for free so we should give it without free but um it also says uh-huh. the labors is worth to do so you find a way to make it work and then somehow you know from for us it's the phone would ring you know and you know. God bless the Protestants they, <laughs> yeah. they they got money you know that they don't want to say hey you know bring your band and we'll give you we'll a, you know we'll it. pay you guys
0: you know yeah. um, it's so so it just that's the way I mean in terms of fundraising do you have to do any fundraising is there a board of directors because you're organized as a like a as maybe not a foundation but a proper uh, ministry, How's the, how does that aspect of it well, work?
8: Well, the one aspect of, in terms of my concert ministry and, and doing the music I've done under a little record label called Stable Music. Yeah. So we have basically gone on to do concerts, but also we've worked with people like Kaylee Rain and Pierce Pettis and some really good musicians yeah. basically in terms of doing bookings, which also yeah. helps. The other side of, of something that's really become um, very much on our plate is the franciscan and friends music mission okay that uh, you were you know uh, par- par- part of back in 2002 a world youth day with was yes. that great gathering of catholic musicians from around the world where we met musicians from the caribbean yes who eventually invited us down to uh, the caribbean in 2005 and we've been going every year and that's kind of evolved into a full-time apostolate. so that's
0: you'd say that that's a, se- a separate apostolate or like a separate yeah foundation. It's, it's kind
8: of mainstreaming because it really is uh um, uh, we're, we have we've had up to thirty five delegates go from across North America.
0: Right. So you're
8: a bit of a travel agent in a sense in terms of the work you're doing, but it's also maintaining the relationship with the ministry venues in the islands because we go to prisons and drug rehabs and okay. work with uh, parishes there. So it's a lot of administration, which is. It needs to be done well because if the wheels come off if something's not properly planned or addressed it it can have consequences
0: so you coordinate that here from Calgary you take 25-35 people musicians artists all kinds of people and you go Mm -hmm. down to the islands St. Barbados St. Vincent Grenada whatever wherever you have partners and you do ministry work not just music ministry but like you said, prison ministry. How do, wh- what kinds of things do you do when you're down there?
8: Well, uh, we basically do prison ministry. We go to drug rehabs. So we have some people on our team who are, re- are recovering addicts, and they give their testimony. We've done some physical labor in the past, with in particular in Grenada, where they're still recovering from Hurricane Ivan and Emily. Right. And uh, a lot of it is, uh, it's, uh, we're partnered with the Catholic diocese, and a lot of cases, some people will phone and say, well, gee, I'm interested in the mission, but I'm not a musician, and I say, thanks be to God, because there's other aspects of ministry, a ministry of listening, going into the hospice and stuff, so it's really, uh, you know, we let God bring it, and then we just show up, and I mean, we do as much pre-planning as we can so that we do a good job, but somehow, this whole mix of people, ecumenically, we've had. Baptists, Pentecostals, Evangelicals. Uh, I've, I've got a, a, a had a Buddhist come two years ago. We have hmm. a Muslim guy coming this year. All under the the uh, the banner of Saint Francis. Saint Francis. And somehow it's been working.
0: So anyone who wants to go, like if anyone's listening right now and they're interested in, hey, that sounds like something I'd like to do. Is is it possible?
8: Sure, Franciscanandfriends.com. dot com um, um, is, and, and I you know we we talk with pros- you know prospective people and going basically to just we really want to be clear. Uh, that this isn't Club Med, you know, and yes. that, it's, you know, it, it's work, but there's, there's some social, you know, benefits to it as well. You meet wonderful people, and, you know, it's, um, it's a very pleasant, uh, visual, stunning part of the world. But yeah. when, when you're doing the ministry thing, it just, that's a secondary thing, and it seems to be that's the place where God's directed us. I mean, we're looking at other places, but we've fostered a pretty deep relationship with the diocese on each of those islands, and uh, yeah. so that's where we're going
0: neat so uh, just a note maybe for people who might be joining the program at this time I'm speaking with Dennis Grady he's our featured artist of the week you're listening to Salt and Light Radio um, Dennis, I'm very interested in the the, the, the work in the prisons because that's that's unusual. A lot of people that are involved in, th- I know that they call it voluntourism or this kind of mission trips. They'll build a school or they're, they'll 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 teach English or or work in you know that kind of work. But but it's not very common that you go into a prison. So what what's maybe not the attraction, but what what drew you to that kind of work?
8: Well, uh, you know it's it's. Scriptural, Christ said, "When I was in prison, you came to to visit me, and and uh, I started doing it. Actually, I was doing some work with an evangelical church in the, and the Salvation Army back in the early nineties. Okay, and <clears throat> they just said we need a musician to go into the prison. Of course, I was terrified going in because you see all these guys with muscles and tattoos, and you know. But you go in and just in a very simple way, t- tell them about share your life, you know, and do it in a loving, open, honest way." and uh you really see the power of the gospel in those settings because um you know either go either the gospel gives life or it doesn't and i think people that are incarcerated obviously made a mistake in their life for which they're paying for right and there, there's a hunger in most cases for hope you know that they yeah. want to rebuild and they want to hear that message do i have any hope uh at life and so once you start doing it you gain this confidence and you understand you know the the climate of it. That obviously you don't take your wallet in there. Uh, <laughs> there's a certain protocol. But right. after a while, you start to have this experience of Christ in the poor. That you just and it, it becomes um, an exciting thing. I, I want to share one thing. We were at a prison in Trinidad about uh, five years ago, and we went into play, and we had two little missionaries of charity and uh, this was a prison where there's six guys in a cell. I mean, you go in, you smell marijuana and urine. I mean, it was a pretty Hmm. uh, big social adjustment from the prisons up here. But we played and we shared, and then the prison band wanted to play for us because we'd made this connection. We had a few of our drug addicts give their testimony. And that, uh, Pedro, was probably one of the most poignant experiences of ministry I had. When those guys were playing their hearts out for us, I just thought, this is an amazing thing. There's wow. an exchange here going on that's, that's really rooted in God.
0: So you're not just giving, but you're certainly receiving a lot. Um, you, uh, The work that you do here, I know that you've started recently doing more school retreats, uh, going out to Catholic schools, uh, and and the, the team that you take with you sometimes includes uh, former prisoners. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's a bit of the same ministry. How have you...
8: Well, somehow the Lord has added to our numbers here locally that we are working with the Aboriginals. Uh, Bill Watney, who's the founder of the Assembly of First Nations, uh-huh. he's involved in the reconciliation with the victims of residential schools. He's right. on our team for doing yeah. the retreats. He's a good buddy. Uh, we have the African community, who uh, some of whom gone on the mission with us, but we're working here locally. And then with the Mennonite Central Committee, uh, we've got a friend, a Catholic fellow, that is actually runs their uh, restorative justice program and so when we go into the schools we basically go to the teachers and say here's a list of people on our team and so based on that scripture when i was in prison you came to visit me we have uh, a person who was incarcerated but you know, bought into the program through the Mennonite Central Committee, yeah. and uh, has, has now become a contributing member of society. So it, it has this redemptive message, which is very much the Gospel, right. uh, it conveyed in a way where they see this guy, and, and we, we've been lucky, because we've had a guy who happens to be a musician, so we, oh. <laughs> we say, bring your guitar, but it's kind of conveying, especially to the students, here's some decisions I made that weren't good.
0: But and, yeah. and
8: and I ma- and I paid for my my sins and my mistakes. But I, I, again, that um, that encounter with God, uh, that forgiveness encounter with God, is, is is very powerful because it's you hear the truth. These students hear the truth from a, a person who's made a mistake, but now is uh, living a new life.
0: And it's great because that's what the students want. They they they're hungering for th- for the truth and transparency, and they they can see right through fake phoniness. But but when someone has a strong story like that, powerful witness, it's very. Uh, very moving. Dennis, we're out of time, um, but this has been really good. Um, so you mentioned the website franciscanandfriends.com, so that's specifically for the uh, the Caribbean mission or the work that you do with Franciscan <coughs> and Friends. If people are interested in your music or uh, yeah, booking you for a they concert...
8: They, they can go to that website. Same Everything's website? pretty much going to be under uh, the uh, franciscanandfriends.com site. They can connect us that way.
0: Okay, great. So... Um, yeah, so look him up. We've been listening to a few of Dennis's songs, and we're gonna play uh, one more now. Um, so it's been great, great talking to you, my friend Dennis. Uh, we we should. Too bad you live in Calgary. We need to. You need to get me out there. Maybe in Trinidad we can. Uh <laughs> <Yeah>. Hey, we <laughs> always got to treat for girl. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It'll happen one of these days. <laughs> okay, Dennis. Thanks okay, a lot. Okay,
8: God bless you, buddy. Keep up the good work. You
0: too. Ciao, so, ciao. Bye, bye. That was a conversation I had with Dennis Grady in June 2009. If you want to know more about Dennis, about his work, his music, or if you want to join in on his mission trips to the Caribbean, visit his website, franciscanandfriends.com. Here now is Dennis with his song, Yes I Do, from his album, Grace in the Strangest Places.
2: I want to fly on the wings of an eagle, I want to swim where the water is clear, I want to be with happy people, and I'm glad that you're all here. I want to laugh until my breath is gone, till the tears roll out my face. I want to look the sun right in the eye and keep sorrow in his place. And oh, yes, I do. Oh,
5: yes, I do.
0: We're listening to Dennis Grady with Yes, I Do from his album, Grace in the Strangest Places and that will take us to the end of the program today's show was brought to you by Brett Salkeld and Leah Perot's excellent book about sex and dating How Far Can We Go it truly is an excellent book I wouldn't be saying it if I didn't think so we'll be talking more about this book in the weeks to come if you're interested look it up How Far Can We Go? It's available at Amazon.com. And remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light radio programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where we post links to our artists or guests. You can learn all about Salt and Light and all that we do at saltandlighttv.org. And if you're Twitter, you can follow us and don't forget to like us on Facebook. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been Salt and Light Radio.
2: Brothers and I used to swim in Jennings Creek. It was a baptism in the summertime under the golden heat. Now the years have passed and we reminisce of the innocence back then. And I believe in the simple things. Yes, I believe, Amen. Oh, yes, I.